Welcome to the first ever uh, edition of the North Lot Podcast, a Chicago Fire podcast, uh, presented to you by Hot Time in Old Town. I am the Chicago Fire editor, uh, Ruben Tish, and joining me today is our contributor, RJ. RJ, how are you? Pretty good. And our EIC, JVG. Say hi to the people. What is up? What are the hats? Oh, great. He's quoting Sam Roberts again. Uh, All right. So today is very special. It is our first podcast. And uh, so a little bit about the plan today. We are going to uh, run down position by position the Chicago Fire uh, roster as well. Uh, as we are going to uh, talk about some in-league stuff as well, uh, as do our special predictions. So that's exciting. We will be doing, uh, you know, preseason predictions about the league, who's going to win MVP, The La- excuse me, the Landon Donovan MVP award, and the... Uh, Siggy Schmidt, Coach of the Year, as well as who we think are going to make the playoffs, and we're not going to talk about who's going to win MLS Cup because that's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, so first of all, let's get started. Uh, the preseason finally is done. Uh, the Fire don't win the uh, Carolina Challenge Cup on goal differential. Uh, they needed to beat uh, the Battery four nil. Uh, and instead only beat them by one goal uh, instead of four. So that was disappointing. They also didn't play very well during the game. Uh, so let's go around uh, around the table here for uh, our preseason sort of uh, wrap-up. Let's start with uh, JBG. What, what, what were your impressions of the preseason? So I really hope that this is just a case of the fire not trying very hard, which is possible. Um, you know, like it, it's the, this tournament doesn't matter. They just they're trying to get the rust out. Um, the older guys, in particular, and we do have kind of an old squad. Um, you know, they 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 can't go too hard in preseason. So maybe they just weren't trying. You know, I mean, I. I I can understand not wanting to go balls out against, you know, a USL team, even if it's for the Carolina Challenge Cup. Um, I hope that's it. I have, I am very worried. It might not be that. Uh, I guess we'll see. RJ, I know you were a little RJ. disappointed in the uh, lack of meme championship, but how, how do you see the whole Carolina? Because it's, Really, all we have to go by is the Carolina Challenge Cup. We didn't really see any of the early stuff from Spain. So, um, what are your thoughts on the roster? How they performed? You know, what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like, stuff like that. I think it was wasted chances. Actually, I mean, um, the Fire face three teams. Two of those teams, the Fire could have easily dispatched on a daily basis. I think I agree with JBG. I think they're just trying to get the rust out of the team. But at the same time, within two weeks, well, now one week, I mean, MLS opens, MLS starts again. Sure. It's really worrying that the fire couldn't at least, you know, knock out five goals against the battery. 
Um, I mean, roster wise, I think it's, I think it's getting there. I mean, uh, Alstead is quite a keeper, no pun intended. I think he's the best keeper we've had. I mean, that's not, you know, that's saying much that. since Johnson, but, uh, Frankowski looks promising. Um, Bronica was creative as always. And, yeah. uh, I think it was just, yeah, missed opportunity, really. I mean, I I said in my recap that it doesn't matter. The problem is, I think, that Saturday it does matter. And like I said in, in my match report game recap, that, you know, play as you practice isn't just the thing coaches say to have you try harder and, you know try and and do stuff during practice like that's a real thing that's a thing that happens in all sports traditional and uh as i'm learning through watching and sort of figuring out esports too like it's just a general rule of competition you you practice how you play or you play how you practice um and so that worries me a little bit that they were so sluggish against carolina that they'll come out that way next next saturday in la um other than that, though, I did watch on Wednesday. I didn't watch the game against the crew. Um, but I thought the second team looked really good against Cincinnati. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot, and we talk a lot about how depth on this roster is a problem and, and a concern. And while there is still some of that, the performance of the what's essentially the reserve team uh, I I was happy with. I thought, you know, I'm a little less worried now than I was uh, before that performance. I I I I think I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. RJ. Uh, yeah. Same here. Um, I only caught snippets of uh, Wednesday's game, but uh, they they looked like they they were putting more hearts. Than the actual team itself, maybe they just want to impress Pano and the likes, getting some actual game minutes uh, during the course of sure. the season instead of being loaned out to, God knows where in Michigan or Indy or Indy Eleven, but um, uh, they put a lot of heart to it. Yeah, the Mi- Michigan is Lansing, I believe. Yeah, so Lansing. it's not exactly nowhere, but you know, it's Michigan. <laughs> it's Michigan. I don't want to. Hey, there's, lots, there's lots of Michigan Fire fans. I don't want to insult the entire state, including our former editor in chief. Well, Spence. he's too busy being awesome at running a club restaurant for DCFC. So, um, yeah, DCFC looks neat. I've seen. Still has an honored place among our ranks. Sure. Hi, Sean. Um, What's going on, Sean? Uh, so, what I want to do now is I want to. Um, Look at a roster position by position and sort of like take stock of the individuals who make up this roster. Um, starting with goalkeeper, we have David Ousted, Stefan Cleveland, and Richard Sanchez. Um, since there's only three, we're going to, you know, rank them. I mean, Sanchez clearly at the bottom, even though um, I actually thought he was fine. In the minutes I saw him play in the preseason, like he was inoffensive, which is, I suppose, all you can ask from him, given how, given how poor he was. And 
I don't know if uh, Cleveland got any minutes at all on field. Maybe a couple, but like he impressed me last year. Granted, it was definitely a, a in a low bar that was set that he had to rise above, but he rose above it. Um, and David Ostead is a professional American soccer MLS level goalkeeper, which is about all you can ask for. Well, point of order, he's a Danish international, I think. Yeah, he is a Danish, but he's on the level he has of experience. He's an MLS veteran. Yeah. He's 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 definitely an MLS level keeper, and I think that's sort of what the fire just sort of needed. Um, I think this position is going to be better, uh, obviously, but I think it's going to be like exponentially improved. I don't think we're going to be complaining so much about goalkeeping decisions anymore about stupid goalkeeping things. Um, I've got a point to bring up later. About uh, one of our superstars, um, who I'm I'm not sure about this year. Um, that's a tease, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but it, you two, um, do you guys have any? Uh, oh, there's my phone ringing. Do you two have any um, thoughts about the goalkeeping position going into this year? Not really. I mean, I think Alstead, nope. I think Alstead just had a bad spell at DC United last year, and I think that was like mostly due to part of uh, their defending. But um, I think Sanchez does need a little bit more credit. Um, I mean, yeah, he he performed horribly last year, but uh, that could also be in part of our defensive issues as well. Sure. Um, he's he's bad, but he's not. You know, not that bad. I think. Oh, I, I think right now he's well. He's 24, and I think he's MLS backup level. Um, yeah, he is. I, I don't think he's as bad as being a USL keeper or anything like that. But you certainly don't want him starting. Yeah, that's true, and I, and I think that the Fire has two MLS backup keepers. I mean, Cleveland is better than USL, but he's also not MLS. Um, he's an MLS starter. Sure. That's what I think. So. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Defender, which is sort of the, the big question mark of this squad. I think a lot of people are sort of buying in to the front six. Uh, but the back four is definitely a question mark. There's Jorge Corrales, Marcello, who they brought in from uh, Portugal, from Sporting Lisbon, right? Portugal. Uh, Raheem Edwards, uh, Nick Hassler, Johan Kapalov, Grant Lillard, and uh, Andre Reynolds III, who I have not seen at all. Um, Should I be worried that he didn't get any playing time in preseason, or is that just like they signed him and they're going to ship him off? He's still in high school. They're going to ship him off. He's going to Lansing, maybe Indy, but probably more like Lansing. He's only like 19 or something, he's right? Se- he's actually 17. Yeah, he's, he's oh, still yeah. in high school. Yeah, I, re- I read an article saying that he's still in Lane Tech right now, so he's still in high school. Okay, so I guess they signed him and he's finishing school, and then when he graduates in May, they're going to ship him off to Indianapolis or Lansing or something? 
Or they'll yeah. probably just have him train here since he is still a kid. I don't know if you want to ship him off uh, away until he turns 18. So. Yeah, no, I think they'll let him finish out this school year and, you know. I mean, they might even they might even give him special dispensation if he gets accepted to college or something. Can you do that? Is that is there like? I mean, he's already signed his contract. I don't think he. No, like a major league so. baseball thing where you can go to college. Yeah, I think I think they let people play. Well, um, uh, Jeremiah Goodyard. I I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce his name. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, um, but uh, I think he was playing for Indiana while also on a developmental contract with the fire. So that's weird, um, especially with like how draconian the NCAA is. Like, is there like, do they just like not care about soccer? Or do they just understand that soccer fundamentally has to work differently? You know what I mean? Like, that's a very good question. I wonder if it's actually a little bit of both. Yeah. Cause there was this story. Sure. Cause there was yeah. a story earlier today. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. Uh, about that 13-year-old who signed with the Portland Thorns and in the article in the Oregonian oh, it said God. she gave Don't up... Get me started on that. No, but the point is it said to sign this contract she had to give up her college eligibility. I don't know why something like a homegrown MLS contract would be any different than that. Uh, I don't even know. I, I, I only heard bits and pieces of that story. I, I'd have to look into it. If they're just locking her into the development academy at U.S. Soccer, then that is, like, it's a huge risk for the for Portland, and it's a huge risk for the national team program. It's also a really big risk to the 13-year-old girl who, you know, sure. if this doesn't work out for her, sure. like... She's going to have to figure out, like, something else to do with her life at a very young age. And I, mean, I don't she, envy she her. Follow... I mean, it's her life. Right. She'll it's follow... not my right. business, but also, like, ugh. She'll probably just follow Brandon Vincent into finance or medical school or whatever he's doing. Yeah. I mean, that's how a lot – I mean, honestly, like, a lot of women's players, uh, national team and otherwise, like, but especially people, uh, those who don't make the national team – uh, they end up leaving the sport in yeah. their mid to late 20s because yeah. to, to, to pursue another career because yeah. women's soccer just doesn't pay enough. Sure. And if you're not sure. getting regular national team caps and earning those six figures a year, it, you know, it's like, what, you know, at some point, like, you hit 26, 27, you think, I've, you know, I need to get my life stabilized. I want to start a family in a few years. Sure. I'm not going to be able to make like a, a good amount of money doing this sport. Sure. But anyway. Anyway, fire defense. Uh, so it seems like our center back pairing is going to be Johan Kappelhoff and, and Marcelo, which we could have decided you know, relatively easily. Now, the wings is where the question is. Yeah. Full, our fullback problem makes me want to cry. Yeah, it really does. Right. Edwards on the back is just awful. Well, right, right now our wingers, our, our defensive backs, wingers, backs, whatever, wing backs, wing backs. 
I don't know. They're not playing. Wingbacks are a little further up. Yeah, sure. Uh, Jorge, well, I mean, they play like wingbacks. Are uh, Hassler and Corrales right now? Uh, Raheem Edwards showing, as far as I've heard, was pretty poor against the Crew. Um, Grant- he's not a he's not a defender. He's an attacker. He did best last year when he played in the four in the front three. Sure. I mean, I, sure. I I obstinately agree with you. I think that, yeah, and, and like this is the spot where they're really thin, uh, because at center back you've got Grant Lillard who can play, and I think should get more minutes, um, even though he is also probably going to be shipped on loan. Uh, you also have. Uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger, who I will talk about when we get to him in the midfield section, um, uh, who can who can and has shown that he can play back there. I just wonder if you go to a back three, and we actually got a question about this. We'll we'll also talk about it a little later in the in the show. Um, a back three of uh, Koppelhoff, Marcello, and Schweinsteiger. I think they're going to have to at some point. I think they'll they'll try a, a back four for a while, and then you know they'll think that their fullback problem isn't as bad, and then we'll get to week six or week seven and realize, oh no, it actually isn't, and we'll have to play with a three. We'll have to go to something like three five two or whatever. Sure. Um, just hope sure. that a packed midfield will cover for our obvious whatever. But, yeah, I mean, the outside, def- our white defender issue is a real problem, and I don't see, like, an obvious solution to that, barring someone, like, currently on the squad having a great season. And it's just, that's the thing that makes me really, like, frustrated about this whole thing, and the thing that really makes me frustrated about, you know, the offseason, too, is because we had the best, the best, you know, fullback tandem in the league for my money, and we threw it all away. Well, like they're both gone. I mean, and I'm still I'm still not over it. Polster Polster wanted to play in the Champions League, so he went to the team that was courting him with the best chance of playing in the Champions League. I can't exactly blame him for that. I I I think I think the fire could have made it worth his while to stay, and I think the reason the fact that they did. Uh, no. I, I don't want to get too far into speculation, but sure. RJ, yeah. feel free to jump in. I, I miss having is well, I miss that. I mean, defensive-wise, according to the wonderful world of football manager and the simulation I did, um, Corrales was actually a defensive fullback, while Pano in this game plays Kapelhoff as a fullback with a Marcelo and Willard in the middle. So, um, I know it's a video game, but it worked out. Well, that's the other thing is we know he can play there. Yeah, like, we, we know, know he can play there, but we know Kapelhoff can play it right back if if you need him to. And if Lillard I, yeah. and if Lillard uh, makes himself a uh, if Lillard makes himself a, a guy in the you know who's capable of of playing ninety minutes week in week out, that's a possibility that should be looked into i think i think he is capable it's just that pano doesn't rate him yeah and that's that's a question for pano i think he's what's up with grant lillard 
but um, going off what you folks said earlier, I, I do think that later down the season, it's going to be a back line of three, yeah. which uh, isn't going to be good. Yeah we'll, talk, yeah, we'll talk more in depth about that a little later on in the show when we get to our uh, listener questions, which, yes, we do have some despite only being around for this one episode. We did uh, ask questions on Twitter and we got a couple, which is good. Uh, we we, we kind of snuck into CF97 Twitter while everyone was yelling about the new hashtags. Uh, we're not getting into the hashtag thing. We're, we're not getting into the hashtag kerfuffle. However, we're going to get into the hashtag kerfuffle. Go for it. Oh, no, 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 no. no. We, we, we will steer right clear of that. I'm just saying we, we made our, our soft launch earlier today while everyone was being mad about that. That's fair. So... Hopefully, hopefully next Wednesday, the the CF ninety seven hashtag will generally be less angry. Well, it depends what happens on Saturday. It was a pipe dream, but let's hope. Well, it, like it depends what happens on Saturday, right? Yeah, I don't know. Let's we'll see. That's fair. Uh, midfielders. Uh, this is where I think that the Fire have the strongest uh, roster. As far as like player quality, uh, Mo Adams, Brent Bronico, Edwards again, who we talked about on defense, uh, Frankowski, uh, Gutjar, who I thought played okay, the little I saw him. Um, I mean, he played pretty much the entire game against Cincinnati, but he's pretty quiet player. He just sort of goes about his business and does what he needs to do out there. He's Logan Paws esque, I think, in that way. He just sort of does his business. Uh, Hassler also (laughs) is listed on the Fires website as a midfielder, uh, despite being the starting right back. Uh, Katai, Christian Martinez, Dax McCarty, Jordi Mihaljevic, uh, Armando Moreno, and uh, rounding that out with the German superstar Bastian Schweinsteiger. Um, I'm going to let RJ go first here. What are your thoughts on the Fires midfield? I think it's wonderful on on paper. They can take any. I mean, it's so much stuff. Uh, they can take on anyone in a good day. Uh, Moreno, um, the one we got from Red Bulls for for all that funny or not the funny money, but all, from one of our draft picks, yeah, uh, draft picture. showed showed so much heart against against the crew when he was subbed in. Um, uh, the fire were about a man up, but they still weren't able to create anything until Moreno got into the field. So I think he is someone to look forward to in the season. Um, I didn't really watch a lot of the Cincinnati game, so I can't comment on uh, Gutjar, but um, against the Charleston game, uh, Brandt, it's pretty good. Mo Adams is also pretty good as well. Uh, and as for uh, Frankowski and Katai, I think you know we know their quality, but that all depends on I guess formations, which we'll talk about later. So that's my two cents. All right, I'm gonna let you go, JB, because I've got a hell of a hot take. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Um... I, I think our midfield's fine. I really like how our younger midfielders are starting to 
come good. Um, Mahalovich had a really solid run with the with the national team. Uh, I believe it's winter, um, and he did. He's been showing a lot of promise for you know dur- during our preseason. So I think I think he's going to have a good season. I think a lot of I think a lot of how the fire do this season are going to boil down to how well he does this season and how well he's coached. Um, so I think, like, if, if we're doing this, like, one player to watch this season, I think it's going to be Mahalovich. I think a lot of how we, I think a lot of, I, I, I won't say we will live or die by how he does, but, like, I think his performance and his contribution are going to be really critical. Um, same with Mo Adams, same with, same with Brent Bronico. I think that trio in particular is going to be really important. And it's that trio that's going to have to take over probably next year when Basti's gone and Dax either retires or moves on to another team. Um, I think that's like those three are going to end up being our new midfield core. So they've they've got to step up in a big way this season, um, or at least show that they can when they're when they're called on. Yeah. Um, I think. I think a I think a winger situation is okay. I think Frankowski and Katai are gonna combine reasonably well. Assuming Katai doesn't fall into a bad slump, I but I think it'll be okay. It's not he's not gonna be asked to really like carry the team in that regards. Like I think having a partner on the other side of the field is gonna help. Um so yeah, so I think our midfield will be fine. I think it's it's one of the it's one of the areas we have to least worry about. Sure. Uh, apart from sure. this hot take you're about to serve up for us right now. So here's my hot take. Are you are you two ready? Ready for my is hot take? Is this the hot time hot take? It, it is the hot trademark. time the trademark hot time hot take. Here's the, what's sponsored by. Uh, well, uh, sponsored, sponsored by, by Jepson's uh, Sponsored by Squarespace. It's not actually sponsored by Squarespace. Um Blue Apron? Get that blue apron money. <laughs> that blue apron money. Um, I don't think Bastian Schweinsteiger should start. Yeah, I, I th- agree with you. I think um, he. I think he's bad. Like this is going to be the year where he and the rest of MLS and the world realizes he just doesn't have it anymore. It's probably his last year in the game. For all that he does well. The magnificent passing, like the pinpoint accuracy, all that stuff. He turns the ball over a lot. He's slow. He 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 has a tendency to to slow down the tempo when I think the team really needs to play at a higher tempo at, at a quicker pace. I just don't think he he can do that night in, night out. Like I think and that's kind of why I don't mind him being stuck at center back anymore is because, like, I think Mo Adams, who essentially sort of fills the sa- a similar role, he's younger, he's faster, he's – he. I don't know if he's stronger. Best he's pretty strong on the ball. But I think, like, tempo-wise, the way the fire want to play, it behooves them to play as young as they possibly can. And I don't think you can fo- afford – both Dax McCarty and Bastian Schweinsteiger next to each other on the pitch at the same time. And I think Dax McCarty has a lot more football left in him 
than Bastian Schweinsteiger does. And I think I'd rather see Mo Adams start in the center of the park with uh, with Adam with uh, Dax and Jordy Mihaljevic. I'm sorry, Basti. I love you. You're a legend. I don't think you should have. I, I I think you should have retired at the end of last season and not come back. And I know that there are people out there who are going to say that may, like that makes me a bad fan. He's a legend. What are you doing? But well, people are going to say you're a bad fan because of your association with Hall Times. So you whatever. just can't worry about. That. No, but yeah. I mean like. I don't know if I can count on Bastion's Feinsteiger to deliver performances consistently enough. Like during the Charleston Battery game, there was a sequence of events where he gave where he kicked a pass right at battery defenders twice in about ninety seconds. And in MLS, you know, the top teams are gonna punish you. Portland's gonna punish you. Uh the Red Bulls are going to punish you. Uh you know, you, you just can't do that. And if he starts to do that with any regularity, you're going to have to bench him. And plus, he felt so angry. I mean, yeah, he felt that, like a grumpy old dad. I like during the the battery game. It's just it's like why? It's just like old man yelling at clouds. Like, basically, like what was that tackle? If you're if you didn't see it, uh, it was late in his performance, so seventieth minute ish. I want to say. Where, uh, the fire a fire attack sort of fizzled out, and Charleston got the ball back, and then Bastion just comes in from behind, not studs up, but his leg was definitely high to take out uh, the Charleston player for no reason. There was like zero reason to make that tackle. It was in the fire half of the field. They weren't moving particularly fast. It wasn't like he was breaking up uh, a counter attack or anything. It was kind of inexplicable. And it's like, it's this game doesn't even count, dude. Stop. Just stop. I'm, I'm, yeah, I can that, admire that, the... Um, I'm sorry. I can admire his competitiveness. But, but, uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm not sure if I would go that far, but I do think that... I think that... I think the day is... is swiftly approaching that he's going to have to be benched and i don't think he's i I think it's going to happen sometime this season and i think we're going to have i think that that is a transition that the tech that pano and the technical staff are going to have to manage um and pano has not done a good job of managing that we we know this was sean johnson we know this was david akam he's just not good at managing that and i think that that moment is going to derail the fire season yeah, so I think I think I, I I think he should move to defense because we have depth issues at the at the back line and we don't have them in midfield. And he's gone on record as saying he likes play, playing center back these days anyway. So it just makes sense. Let's move him to the back. He can play at the speed he's most comfortable at, and he can do right now. He can, you know, the, like, the expectations will be higher because, you know, defenders, you can't fuck up. But also, I think he, he will be better set up for success. Yeah, um, I think just... As, in sticking... terms of, like, physicality and the stuff he's still capable of doing. The attitude 
thing. I mean, it, that's that's a lot trickier. Uh, you know, and it's hard to it's hard to say anything about it because he's Bastian Schweinsteiger. He's he's a living legend, and you know, I don't know. This is really hard. It's really hard to to talk about. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I agree with you that I think that he's going to have he's going to be benched sometime this season, and it's gonna it's gonna suck, and it's gonna be for the best, and it's gonna suck anyway. Yeah, it's like you don't really want to break up with your partner. But I think it's better for both of you if you, you know, go your separate ways. But you really don't want to. But it's sort of something that sort of has to happen. It's a high school. Re- it's a high school. It's it's a high school relationship. We've got um, we've got to get all Marie Kondo about it. Yeah, like we uh, we may love Bastian Schweinsteiger, but his, his we have to honestly ask ourselves if his play continues to spark joy. And we need to burn his books. Uh, um okay that was a bad joke i apologize boo yeah boo so so this cat sure fine whatever uh so forwards now probably less controversial although a bit more concerning because after nico it's you know elliot collier 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 Collier, okay. Diego Campos, who's like fine. Fabian Herbers, who is also like fine. And they just sort of picked CJ Sapong up off the scrap heap. I'm a big fan of picking players up off the scrap heap. And I really have sort of always had like a soccer crush on CJ Sapong, no matter how inconsistent he's been over the course of his, his time. CJ Sapong is a player who... I love, despite him having his best years with an absolutely awful-to-watch sporting Kansas City team, um, I love CJ Sapong, and I hope that he is the player I think he is. The problem is, is in my head, my heart sees him as really good, but my head knows he probably isn't the player I want him to be and not the sort of backup striker solution that, that we need. Um, well, I, I I'm going to dispute your characterization of him as as uh, as as being picked up off the scrap heap. I I think I don't think you pay four hundred and fifty dollars in allocation money for someone off the scrap heap. Sure. I, I think that things being equal, Philadelphia would have been perfectly happy to hold on to him. The problem is they were overloaded at forward. They had six yeah. forwards and they can only feasibly keep five on the roster and he was too far down the depth chart and especially, and he, he didn't have a great year last year, but Philly was just awful in general. Um, sure. And I think they had to make a decision and, you know, the, the fire came in and offered, offered enough allocation money to make it worth their while. So Philly was like, yeah, fine, whatever. Is this revenge? Um, but I think, I think for the David is this revenge Sorry, for the David Akam deal? No, like, no. Like we I, think get, it's, I think it's just a separate thing. Sure, we get I fa- think, we get Fabian Herbers and CJ Sapong. I I still think we come out ahead of this. By the way, I mean, this isn't a. Yeah, I mean, Akam barely scored last year, right? Like he scored, he scored once. He scored once. Probably made it worth it for them against the Fire. 
and did literally nothing else last the entirety of last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think I think Sipong still has some some good soccer left in him. I, I don't think he's going to be the world beater less for supporting Kansas City. Um, I, I don't even know if he'll hit his twenty seventeen numbers this year, but I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be better than Alan Gordon was, and mm-hmm. that's an improvement. And you know he's an improvement over the the backup forwards we have now. He's an improvement over Elliot Collier. He's an improvement over Diego Campos. And I like Diego Campos a lot. I do too. I you know I, I think I think he's a solid either backup option for Nico or as a strike partner if we want to do like a three five two or something. Sure. Um, and. And that's good. I think we needed someone in this position, someone who knows MLS, someone who could perform in MLS, and also wasn't going to take a DP slot and an international slot. Sure. Um, and I think I think Sapong fits the bill, fits the bill really nicely. Um, I like this move. I I think Sapong's going to do great. And also, like he's got a big personality, and I'm I'm a big fan of having big personalities in the squad. Yeah. Um, so I think. I think I think going off the strength of the Sapong deal, I think uh, I, I I like the roster a lot more now with that. Yeah, RJ. Yeah, I I also like this move. I'm just wondering how Pon is gonna. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, you're yeah. Right. Um, um, I'm just wondering um, how Pon is gonna integrate him into um, the formation. Um, depending if they're going to do a three-five-two or four-four-two, I I do want to see Pano. Uh, Pano. I do want to see Sapong and Nico play up front together. I think that's going to be. Well, I don't. Be... I don't think anyone thinks he's starting. I don't think. I even think he thinks he's starting. I think he knows that he's going to be uh, a spark off the bench in the second half. I think that that role is is sort of what he does now. That's true, but I I also think that he's he's a starter. He could be a starter. Sure. I mean that's fair, but like, it, it's sort of like the the this is thing right where, as sports writers, we talk about players' value, and like, you know, he, you you call someone a, uh, a a bench player or whatever, and that's not an attack on their personal um, uh, skill set. Uh, everything's relative. So when we call someone in MLS a good striker, we know they're not, you know, one of the best in the world, but they're, you know, they're good for MLS. And if we call someone bad for MLS, that doesn't mean they're a bad soccer player. Or if you say that someone, you know, he's good enough to come off the bench, but he, I don't think he's good enough to start. That doesn't mean they're a bad soccer player. Like it means that they are in the top one percent of people who play the game. But everything's relative. Um, I don't think CJ Sapong is good enough to start in MLS anymore. And that's with me saying, like that's my head. The player I wish he was and hope he is is the guy who just killed the fire when he played for Sporting Kansas City in the mid-2010s. I just, I want that CJ Sapong. That's the CJ Sapong in my memory. That's the guy I want on this team, and I I sort of know I'm not going to get him, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, that's just sort of, that's, I mean, it's interesting because it's how I, I think of myself in MLS as like, 
I am old enough now to have players on my roster who I wish were as good as they were when they were playing 10 years ago. Just that statement in itself is just kind of amazing to me, personally. It's like, oh, I wish Caesar Savong was good. Charlie Davies has retired and is now a part of the MLS uh, talent crew. And I remember when he was the savior of the U.S. men's national team because Josie Altidore wasn't scoring and they couldn't find another striker. And Juan Aguadello turned out to be a bust. So it's like, I'm old now, I guess. Plus I, I, I'm old now, I guess is the point. 2012, uh, the Pong was peak. Free Chivas USA. Chivas USA never die, um, I guess, is the moral of that statement. All right, so that's fire stuff. We, we sort of went deep on the fire preseason and the roster construction. Um, I want to take a couple of minutes now to, to talk about the league in general. Um, and because they're the fire's opponents on opening day, the LA Galaxy have four designated players on their roster. That's not allowed, is it? Aren't they no. going to buy down Santos? Well, they're or trying to buy down oh. Santos. It hasn't happened yet. If it doesn't happen by Saturday, do they have to leave one of their DPs off the 18? That's a good question. Like, does anybody know? Uh, all I know is that MLS rules are all made up, and Don right. Garber will absolutely fudge things if in order to help people he likes. Sure. So, who- um, so whether or not it's allowed, whether or not they're allowed to have four DPS on on the roster is beside the point. They have a good rela- the, the the franchise has a good relationship with Garber, so they're going to be allowed to have three D, four, four DPS. So we're going to see uh, what is it? Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, Alessandrini, who I think is the best player on their team. Um, DeSantos and the fourth one, whose name is escaping me. Does anybody? Did they? Who's their fourth DP? Oh, another Dos Santos. Oh, um, Jonathan. Who, who are they trying to buy down? Uh, is it Giovanni? All right, so it's Jonathan Dos Santos is the fourth DP. Yeah. So, yeah, because they it it would have I think it would have been five, but they bought down Ashley Cole. Can you believe Ashley Cole and Bakari Sanya are in MLS? By the way, that's like my childhood. Cole is it's in so urban, you know? It's my childhood of football. It's like. Ashley Cole, who was on Arsenal until he wasn't on Arsenal, and Bakari Sanya, who is legit one of my favorite Arsenal players of all time, because I loved his hair, um, <laughs> with the beads in it. It was he was he's awesome. Uh, it's like all right, sure. These things it's gonna be really fun. wild next year when when uh, the Fire's new DP ends up being James Milner. No, it's gonna be Fellaini. No, 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 Fellaini to CF ninety seven. You heard it here. No, you're to, fired. No to both of those things. I know. I know he he hasn't played in like two years, but like Peter Ka- Peter Crouch, but Peter Crouch can still go, right? Uh, he can he's still like forty though. Yeah, but he can still stand there and be tall and hit 
and have Jordy Mihaljevic hit balls off his forehead into the goal. That's what Fellaini is for. Uh, yeah, exactly. So LA's got forty Ps. Um, that's bad. Did any of you see any of the CCL stuff? This oh, Toronto week? got whoop. Oh, dude, <laughs> dude, you have no idea how. Like, I was watching that game, and it was just so amazing. They go down one nil, and then they get it back. And I kind of felt bad because I'm like the one person in the sort of MLS pundit sphere who loves Jonathan Osorio. Seeing him sky that penalty made me both laugh and cry, and my heart cry at the same time. I it think was it was so um, bad. It wasn't Osorio who skied that penalty. It was that no, it was that one new signing no, from um, it was, the German team. I think it was Jonathan Osorio. Uh, let me look. I think it was Jonathan Osorio. Either way, Jonathan Osorio did not shower himself in glory that night. Uh, I also think Demarcus Beasley, after he scored that goal, is now the greatest American soccer player of all time. It um, was actually Terrence Boyd who scored oh, that penalty. Was it, was it Terrence Boyd? Okay, Terrence Boyd scored that. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah. Wait, I, are they representing MLS or are they representing Canada through their little trophy up uh, there? I believe before the game they were representing MLS, but after the game they are now officially representing Canada. For the, 90, for the 90 minutes they're in, they're, they have left in this tournament. Because they got through the championship through... Um... The Canadian championship, yeah. Okay, through the Canadian championship. Yeah. So yeah, they're representing Canada, not MLS. Yeah, meanwhile, Demarcus Beasley has cemented himself as the greatest Shh. soccer player of all time. Blossom, he should, he should have a statue outside Toyota Park. He should have a statue outside Toyota Park. He should have a statue outside BBVA Compass Stadium. He should have a statue outside Ebrox. He should have a statue outside the city of Manchester Stadium. He should have a statue outside, where else did he play? PF, I don't know the name of PSV's stadium, but he should have a PSV, statue out there too. He is the greatest American soccer player of all time. They should rename the MVP, the Demarcus Beasley MVP, uh, he he's still doing it. Him and Landon Donovan came up together. He is the last one of that 2002, uh, the 2002 quarterfinal team. To the one with that that infamous uh, photo shoot. Not just yes, with the infamous <laughs> photo shoot, but also the infamous probably should have beaten Germany, and the Germans all said they should have beaten Germany to get to the quarterfinal. <laughs> That team. Uh, he's the last of the Mohicans. He's still out here. He's still doing the business, scoring goals in Champions League. He's, he's just the best, man. Demarcus Beasley is just the best. Uh, as for the other games, I mean... Atlanta lost. Um, <laughs> yes, still. Atlanta definitely lost. Uh, I think the Red Bulls are the only team that come out of this with any sort of shot. Uh, sporting. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. They're in there too. Right, there's five teams because four American teams and one Canadian team. Uh, yeah, uh, the Red Bulls and, and Sporting Kansas City look pretty good. Bradley Wright Phillips doesn't stop. He just keeps on going. Everybody thinks this is the year he's going to be bad, but I still think he's probably the best player in the league. You know, barring, you know, some weird big-name European signing world-class player that comes to the league. 
Bradley Wright Phillips is the best player in the league. I think. I think it's close between him and um, Martinez uh, and Joseph, Joseph Martinez. Martinez, but I mean Bradley Wright Phillips is has the resume, and he's just he keeps doing it. The thing about it for me is he outshone Tier he outshowed Thierry Henry when they played together. He outshone him sometimes, and it's like Bradley Wright Phillips is just a bad bad man. And and I think he deserves a lot more plaudits than he gets. And he gets a lot of plaudits, but I think he deserves more than he gets. Uh, so with that off the back, let's move on to predictions. So I'm going to ask you, both of you, and I, I will put this in a uh, sheet. We will be keeping track of this to see how we're doing. Uh, and with predictions and maybe I'll buy the winner dinner or something. I don't know. Uh, if it's me, I'm definitely buying the winner dinner. Um, Golden Boot League MVP Coach of the Year. Uh, let's start with you, RJ. What do you think? For Golden Boot, it's going to be Joseph Martinez. For League MVP, it's going to be... Um, right, Phillips, and for Coach of the Year, that is a good question. Um, probably Caleb Porter. Really? Mm-hmm. I've always rated Caleb Porter, and uh, but I think he's going to do wonders with uh, his yellow team. Yeah, I think the crew are actually going to be really good too. Uh, JB. Um. For Golden Boot and MVP, the same two names as RJ, but reversed. I think Bradley Wright Phillips is going to get the Golden Boot, and then Joseph Martinez is going to be the MVP. And then for Coach of the Year, I am going to say... Oh, this is hard. Um, Savarese. Severis? Yeah. All right. That's 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 interesting. Uh, that's that's interesting. I think that's that's a that's a good pick. Um, that's actually my pick. Uh, <laughs> I, I think awesome. I think Portland are the best team in the league. Uh, I think I think Sebastian Blanco is probably going to be the MVP of the league. Um. I think Portland are going to win the Supporter Shield. I think, I think they're just, if not far and away the best team in MLS, they're they're the best team in MLS. Um, and they just like reload too, right? Like they they get rid of Fernando Adi, and like they just they just get they just they, there's no downtime. There's just no downtime. Like the like, um, looking up his name right now. Oh, backspace Timbers website. The MLS website needs to be more UI friendly for pod. We need more podcast UI friendly. Less drop down menus. More, um, uh, Ebobise. So he he's played really well. Asparilla is fantastic, and obviously Sebastian Blanco. Sebastian Blanco. Uh, I agree with RJ that goal that. Uh, Martinez is going to win golden boot, golden boot. I think Nico actually has a shot. I think the Fire are going to score a lot of goals this year. And I know 
it hasn't really panned out that way in the preseason. Um, but I think Katai, Frankowski, and Nico are just going to set each other up for so many goals this year. Um, I think that that Nico has a shot at, at regaining the golden boot, cr- boot crown. Uh, and now, uh, next, I'm going to need five teams, so ten teams. Who's making the playoffs this year? Uh, let's start with JBG. Because uh, well, shouldn't it be nine. six? Because oh, six, six piece. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So per conference, I think it's going to be in the East. I think it's going to go Atlanta, NYCFC, Red Bulls, DC United, Columbus, and you know what? Screw it, Chicago. <laughs> Fire going to make the playoffs? Barely. Just yeah. barely. All right. Uh, RJ, who's your Eastern Conference? Uh, NYCFC, the Red Bulls, uh, DC United, the crew. That's that's four already, right? Yeah. Um, the fire. And I can honestly see either a toss-up between Atlanta or or Toronto, actually. I know Toronto's like playing like hot garbage right now, but... They'll find a way in uh, Atlanta. Well, they're headed by Frank DeBoer, you know, yeah. seven games. I don't think so. I think zero it, goals. I think zero. Toronto's I'm hot kidding, garbage. But, um, <laughs> I think Toronto's hot garbage. Yeah, they are hot garbage, but they'll find a way. For the Western Conference, Seattle always finds a way. So Seattle, uh, Sporting, of course, um, LA, LAFC, uh, FC Dallas. Mm, Portland and hmm, I don't know. I want to be Mimi right now, so I'll say Colorado Rapids. And Col- sure, they've been playing. <laughs> sure, whatever, dude. Colorado. <laughs> they'll they'll find a way, right? This right. Is... Worst team in the league. Well, Orlando. But all right, here's my my Eastern Conference. I've got uh, you know, the three teams: New York. New York and uh, Atlanta. Uh, then I think uh, Columbus, Chicago, and I'm gonna say the Montreal Impact. Uh, I I think I think they have the potential to make to squeak into the playoffs this year. I think you know. I think Padre Sanya is gonna lead them to glory. No, but I think it's Piotti's last year, right? So it's like. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I see where we go. So it's like, can, can we get one more season of magic from from Piatti? I think we can. Um, I think they'll want to play for him and they'll want him to go as on out as on top as they can. Um, I, 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 I don't believe in this exactly. But I think about like the mid, ta- like because Philadelphia's garbage, Orlando's garbage, but everybody else sort of has a shot. Well, I- even Toronto, even though I think Toronto is also garbage. Um, it, Josie Altador coming back might change that. I don't know, but like everybody else, they lost, they lost Giovinco. They're yeah. They're long. Everybody else has a shot. I think in the Eastern Conference. Um, the West also sort of has that, like, 
big four, the four teams, you know, uh, uh, Portland, Kansas City, Seattle, I guess, and because um, you're right. I don't know about FC Dallas, man. I just don't know. Uh, I think Houston makes the playoffs uh, for similar reasons to why I think Montreal makes the playoffs. I think, you know, <laughs> as sort of jokingly joking as I was about Demarcus Beasley, uh, I think that they're going to want to do right by him. Um, and I think that they've proven that they have a squad that can play a little. Um, so, hmm, LAFC, LAFC, Houston, Portland, Seattle, Kansas City. I really want to say the Whitecaps. I really want to say the Whitecaps, but I think it's going to the LA Galaxy are going to get get in there. I, I think LA has they they got too much to not make the playoffs. I think and I'm not just talking about their weird designated player thing. I really like Sebastian Leggett. I really think he, he Sebastian Leggett's good. I think he's better than a lot of people think he is. Um I I honestly think that the LA Galaxy are going to make the playoffs. So that's my Eastern and my Western Conference teams. Uh, now let's move on to our Twitter question this week. Is from uh, at Owen Goal uh, on Twitter uh, asks us: Does the hot time in Old Town Brain Trust prefer a three-five-two or a four-two-three-one setup? And if you don't say formations aren't tactics, I'll be happy to rate and review the pod. First of all, formations aren't tactics. Now that we've gotten that out of the way. I mean, rate and, rate and, rate and review us anyway. Right. But. Uh, but um, clear. No. Uh, of course, formations are tactics. Like, it's the formation is the setup in which to create tactics. Therefore, they are tactics. Moving on. 3-5-2 or 4-2-3-1? I think it's going to be a 3-5-2. It should be 3-5-2 until Bastion Schweinsteiger falls off the cliff. Then you can go back to a back four. Because if you're playing Basti defensively, um, you want to take advantage of the extra midfielder in, in play and not want to have... Because basically, if you're playing Bastion center back, you're playing three in the back, but you're also playing, like, an extra center back. So you've got, like, six... So it's like more like a 2-6-2. Two, two. Um, and if you do that, you want to take advantage of that in the middle and then use your wide players out wide, wide players to stretch uh, the field... Uh, and stretch defenders, which you can do in a four-two-three-one, but they also don't have as much defensive responsibility uh, that they would have normally. So that lets Katai and Frankowski sort of be magic on the wings, and then you've got Mo Adams in the middle to to bust some heads, which is which is what he's good at. So uh, I say three-five-two to start the season. Uh, what say the rest of ye? Three-five-two to end the season for me, actually. To end the season. Yeah. Um, because once, uh, yeah, that's what I think. 
Well, that's interesting because, like, like I said, the reason I want, I, I think it should be happening in the beginning of the season is because if you want to play Bastion Schweinsteiger until he falls off the cliff, and I think once he falls off the cliff, you can't play with three at the back anymore because I don't think that because then if you do that, you sort of push Grant Lillard in, and I don't think that the Lillard Marcello Koppelhoff pairing is good enough, especially around the end of the season when it's imperative that you pick up points. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear your reasoning. Hello? Hello? Nope. Um, you know, apart from Edwards at the back, I honestly think that the back four is pretty much fine right now. I, I really do. Um, there just needs to be better communication, and I hope that this preseason they just figure that out. Um, but then why switch to three at the back at the end of the year? Because Basti is eventually going to fall off in the summer. That's what I think. So you might as well get the best of him during the beginning of the season where we have a lot of um, a lot of major games against the Galaxy, against NYCFC, against um, LAFC, um in D.C. and Atlanta for the first part of the uh, the season and later towards the season where, you know, it's going to be some of the more lesser teams such as FC Cincinnati, Orlando, um, Philadelphia. So I think it's good to start out strong with Bastien and, like, and Dax controlling the strings in the middle until, you know, when his legs runs out, then he can just go in the back. That's what I think. So right, that's fair. Uh, JBG. I am actually going to advocate for a three-four-three. Three. Ooh, spicy. Um, I think three in the back, and then th- three in the back, and then a front three of Nico, Katai, and Frankowski, and then the midfield. You kind of play around with a little bit. Um, I like the idea of a diamond midfield in this setup uh, with Mo Adams at the back point and Mahalovic at the top point and then on either side you've got uh, Dax and Bronico. So, but, but I mean, sure, but you're playing four central midfielders. Right, that's that's why I'm thinking a diamond midfield because you can make you if you play, uh, if you if you, you can make you can make that work if you play a diamond. Sure. If, if, if you play it tight, I think you can make it work. Um, that's interesting. I don't think Pauno will do it because I don't think so either. Well, that's but, but that's just it, not his system, right? He I likes like sure. Save game and football manager. If that's sure. what I would. He likes to play with a double pivot. He likes to have the that defensive cover um, of sort of two midfielders, two defensive midfielders next to each other. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever thought of that with the fire. Um, that's actually a really interesting thing. I'm, I'm curious if, if someone, RJ, wants to run a uh, football manager simulation or if you want to run, JB, a football simulator a football manager simulation of how this works. Football manager. It doesn't run on a Chromebook. And that's my main computer right now. Oh, 
It's up to you, RJ. Because if you don't do it, I'm doing it on my Nintendo Switch, and nobody wants that. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do a three four three formation. <laughs> yeah. um, nobody actually, wants, now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, a four two three one would actually work in the beginning of the season as well. We just need a dump Basti. That's what I think. I think he just, he, he and Sapong could actually be really good subs, but I, I'm either or with. Mm. Um, Maybe sell them to Philadelphia for an absorbent amount of money again. Um, at the end of the season. Uh, so when he retires, the fire also get money. Uh, so I think that's it for the first episode of the North Lot. Um, real quick before we go, score predictions for Saturday. Fire open the season at the Los Angeles Galaxy. Uh, I believe that's on FS1. Is that on FS1 or is it on ESPN2? Because it's on national TV. I just don't know which network. Um, I believe... What does it say? Uh, it is on FS1. 7 o'clock, 3-2. Opening of the season. Uh, what's the scoreline and who scores? Uh, I'm gonna say no galaxy. Uh, Zlatan gets the brace, or maybe like Zlatan and Geodos. RJ, three-two fire. Um, Zlatan with both goals. Katai with two goal uh, with a brace, and uh, Nico with one goal. I am going to say uh, it's going to be a 2-2 draw. I think Alessandrini gets a goal, and I think Zlatan gets a goal, and I think Nico scores a brace for the fire. Um, That is it for us. We will see you next week once the the, uh, season kicks off, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about a victory or at least a non-embarrassing performance. See you next week. This has been the North Lot. The Hot Time in Old Town, Chicago Fire Podcast.